Well, good afternoon. I'm Rick, or good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. I'm sorry we're a little late. Um, our guest is having a little bit of difficulty <clears throat> getting on the system. Sometimes that happens. Um, but uh, anyway, I'm Rick Dancer. Our show tonight is sponsored by Chris Dental Family Dentistry. Um, Michael Bratlin, Dr. Michael Bratlin, my dentist, and um, there's Phil in the background. Okay, I see you, man. Um, Dr. Bratlin sponsors our show, and I was talking to him earlier tonight, and he said, you know what, Rick? I want to talk about supporting local business and taking care of business and what we do for local business. And um, my wife and I woke up this morning, and she looked at me, and she just goes, Rick, I can't do this much longer. I'm just done. I am so done with this whole COVID thing and everything that's going on. I just need to get back to living my life. And I think a lot of us feel that way. Um, you know, I think things are starting to open up and we're getting frustrated. I posted something today on the page about uh, all about Trudy's. Uh, along came Trudy, uh, the restaurant in Springfield, one of them that's opened up um, despite the governor's um, mandate. And oh my God, you'd think it was, um, you, I, I have not seen so many people screaming and yelling at one another um, in a long time. Uh, people very angry on that site. And um, I think there's just a couple of different camps that come out of this, you know, and I think that's part of the problem is we have uh, two different, two, and there's a lot of different people and ideas about what we think. But I think there's one camp that sees this as the CDC says that 400,000 deaths in the United States have been attributed to COVID. And they see that and it's, it really frightens them. And they see those numbers and they think we need to lock down, we need to stay hidden, we need to hide, um, stay in our homes and, and do whatever the governor tells us to do. And, um, and that's, that's okay, that's how you feel. Then there's this other group of people who does not think uh, they're looking at the, the death rate, but they're looking at who is dying from this. And the number of people, I think the bigger picture is the number of people who are getting over it. And they see that number and that's what's standing out to them. So then these two different camps, when something comes up like this and here's you know Trudy's restaurant open, she got fined $9,000, I think it was. And so you know people coming on and saying, good, she deserves it. And then other people sticking up for her. And um, I, I was reading through the comments and I thought, wow. Um, yeah, and this is my opinion, uh, but this is my opinion and it's my show. Um, you know, I thought we are, we are the we are so intolerant. I mean, remember like a few years ago when we talk about things and we'd say, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to be tolerant of people. We should be tolerant. I, I think the only time we're tolerant is if people agree with us. And that's the very definition of intolerance. Um, if you only tolerate people because they agree with you. And then about probably a, maybe a year ago, a little over a year ago, Eugene was talking about being a, um, a city of kindness. And I was one of the speakers at this event. Um, and, and I'm thinking, how can we be a city of kindness when we talk to each other the way that we talk to each other? It's, it's, it's appalling sometimes. And then people not, you know, you're not taking into context who people are. I, one of the things I posted on this, on this page um, asking about Trudy's was I said, does anybody out there who's yelling about her opening know why she's opening? Do you know her story? Um, or you just think she's some selfish person who's, you know, doesn't deserve to do this, but do you really know what she's been through in the last year? 
um, you know, that, you know, who, who she's lost in her life, what she's struggled with. Um, I do. And so that makes me more tolerant. I, I guess my point is maybe we need to understand that we need to have relationship with people and stop judging them. When we have relationship and we understand, then I think we become just a little bit more tolerant. Um, now, there's going to be people that are going to scream at me for that because it's like because you see it as this this thing that's destroying the world. But you have to understand there's another whole group of people who don't see it that way. So how do we come together on that? How do we at least kind of look at something and say, maybe we need to relook at this? Now, here's something else that kind of is bothering me tonight. Um, hi, Ashley from Roseburg. Hi, David. It's hard to be tolerant to ignorance. But, but David, we can all be ignorant. Um, and, and here's the problem is the, the person on the other side is going to say, well, you're ignorant because uh, you don't believe that this is dangerous and that people are all these people are dying. And then the other thing. So then we just go back and forth. So it's I'm right and you're wrong. Um, we love Trudy and love that she's standing up against the ridiculous sanctions. And then again, Jessica, I agree. I understand that that you do that. But then there's other people that see it that she's another thing that surprised me was um, I, I know a lot of restaurants who have gotten in touch with me and said, you know what? Man, I wish we could do that, but we can't risk losing our, our liquor license and they don't know her story and, and they don't understand what, where she's coming from, but they look at it like, I like how the sponsor's name's at the bottom of the page. <laughs> Sorry, it's like sometimes I get off here. Um, but I, they're not looking at that. So there's a lot of businesses that wish they could, but they're afraid. I think that's pretty sad that they're so afraid that the government's going to shut them down, that they're afraid to just stand up for what they believe in. And then there's people who I saw on today, and this is your right to do this, but I'm going to just tell you, it, it was a little surprising to me that people were coming on going, well, well, I'm abiding by the rules and I'm suffering too. So she should have to, too. you know, she should, she's doing this. And I just thought, wow, this is what, what scares me about this the most is it feels like that that um, the government is pitting us against each other. And that's not a conspiracy thing. So please don't come on and do all the conspiracy things. I'm just saying as a journalist and a former reporter, um, something smells when you are sitting there, when we're being, you to, to destroy, to get people to, to not get along, you divide and you conquer, you divide them, make them both look at the other side as the enemy and then you cause havoc and then things, then you get your way. And that's what it feels like is happening. Um, that's what's bothering me about this. You know, when I have friends and people on the page who are misreading what I'm saying and and completely where I'm having, and, and some lady comes on there and says, hey, Rick, you need to, you need to take, start taking people and telling them to stop being mean to each other because that lady said this, this, and this. It's like, oh my God. We're adults. It's not my job to make you be a good person. Good God, I can't do that. I'm just a little Rick Dancer. I have a show. And you want me, that it's my fault that people are assholes? Really? No, it's your fault. If you're an asshole, that's your fault. That's, that has nothing to do with Rick Dancer. I'm not the hall monitor. I don't need a freaking hall monitor. And that's what scares me about this too. And now I'm getting a little bit riled. Because what scares me about this is it's like the government is setting up a system 
where we need them to tell us what to do. Bullshit on that. I do not need anybody to tell me what to do. And that's what's getting set up. And so now you're expecting me to monitor everybody on my page and make them be nice. No, that's supposed to be something that human beings have inside their soul, that they understand when they're not being kind and intolerant. And when they're pick, when they're when they're yelling at people for doing something that they believe is wrong, but they don't even know the reason that they did it. So they follow the headline in the paper, they follow everything that's going on, and they don't even bother to talk to people. Monday night, we had the most interesting conversation, and I was scared to death to do it. It was with um, a couple of black gentlemen and myself. We were talking about race relations in the country, and it was it scared me. But you know what? This scares me even more because people are just you're We're not listening to each other. We're supposed to be supporting business and instead we're breaking its back. I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know what we're supposed to do to change this. Um, but God, we have to kind of pull back a little bit or something. Um, I, I don't know. Um, the, I'm going to throw something else out there. This is something that really, and I'm just giving you, Dr. Bratlin told me, we're going to have a guest on in a second to has nothing to do with this, but it's about supporting local business. And I think it's a really cool thing. But when you say you support a local business, that's more than just saying, oh, you know, we feel bad for them and they need to do this. No, these are, these are people who are, their businesses are dying, dying. Okay. And you can feel sorry for them. Who gives a shit? Feeling sorry doesn't do anything. They need us to back them and to stand up with them and to support local and not just to say it, but to go do something, to show up. If you're afraid to go out to eat, that is totally okay. But you can buy stuff from them. You can support them. You can say kind things to them. And if somebody steps out of your comfort zone and you don't like it because the governor said she's not supposed to do it, well, maybe it's just silence, you know, because you don't or contact and find out why she did it. Because all the things people were writing today, I'm just I'm appalled that people were so un. I guess it's because I know the story. I know why she I know what's going on in her life the last couple of years and you don't. And hopefully you would be ashamed if you did. But see here again, we're going to go back to those camps. We have people that are so afraid and that's okay. Well, I guess, but you're so afraid of this because the messaging has been done very well to make it so that you're killing people. If you don't do X, Y, and Z, if you don't do what they say, then you're killing people. And that is just that if you talk to people, the experts, not the CDC or the messengers, I'm talking about experts in the field of viruses. You don't, you can't do that to people. You can't lay that on people. It is not, it's not even fair because what happens if somebody actually goes out, doesn't know. And then that, so then they're supposed to feel guilty about that. That's just not right. And it doesn't help us in the end. It doesn't help us get to where we're supposed to be going. But here's what the governor has on her Facebook page today. And this concerns me. 
It says, we all look forward to when we can reconnect with our friends and family. However, until we are vaccinated, we must continue to wear masks, socially distancing, and meeting outdoors when possible if socializing with those we don't live with. So I don't know what that means, um, but if, is, is that, you could construe in that, um, that we are staying in this, we're gonna continue to do this until everybody's vaccinated. I don't know, but I read that on her page and I'm concerned because I just don't think as a, as a, I don't think as people we can continue to do this. Um, we have to find some options. Other states around us are opening up more. I'm not saying open the whole thing up, but I'm saying how do we take care of our businesses? They need to be back doing what they do and making a living. And yes, that is important. And I think then somebody is going to come on and go, what? But then they're, you know, so it's more important than people dying? No. But it's equally as important when your business is dying, your livelihood is dying. We've got mental health issues coming up. I mean, there's going to be stuff that goes on long after death on this stuff. A long time. And, you know, you can hate me for saying it, but this is a point of view that's out there. And we need to do we need to come together and stop stop blaming each other and going, OK, so you have a different opinion than I do. That's OK. But how do we work this out together? Because you guys, honestly, this is supposed to be we the people. Newsflash, legislators, the governor, and everybody else in Salem that works in government works for us. We're the boss. So we need to have a voice in how this works. And I would hope, because I have a lot of friends who are thinking differently than I do on this, and guess what? We still get along. Yeah. You know why? Because we have a relationship. Because we know each other. We're not hiding behind a keyboard, attacking and calling Rick Dancer this, this, and this, and yelling at people. We have a relationship, so we talk about it. And we, just like we did on Monday with the two, with the with, with my black buddies, talking about race relations and things that go on. Because if we don't talk about this honestly and openly, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And then they win. We should not be divided. We can think differently and we can still do this because I think we have to stop throwing things at people. So now what people say to me now is they'll say, well, see, then you're not, you don't think the virus is serious. I think it's serious. I've known a lot of people that are really sick and I've known some people who have died from it. But I also look at numbers for me as a reporter, I ask lots of questions and I see lots of inconsistencies. Like why is one restaurant open in a community or one restaurant opens in a community and down the street is another organization that it's okay to have all those people in their place. And I'm gonna just leave it that vague, but I know what I'm talking about and some of you do too. Um, why is it that now people can go in and play lottery machines and lottery machine places have to have food and drink, but you can't drink or eat in the lottery place, but you can play the lottery game as long as you have your mask on. So just, I mean, does that make sense? So the lottery place can't can't be a lottery place unless they have food and drink. 
but the new regulation is you can go in there and play the games, but you can't drink and eat the food. <laughs> so, what the hell is that? So see stuff like that as a journalist that comes up in my head and I go, wait a minute, that's absolutely crazy. And that's what's happening for a lot of us is we're seeing the inconsistencies and we're seeing things that aren't happening. I heard a report today that um, a lot of government employees, I think the average raise last year was $3 an, uh, an hour or something. And while the rest of the business community is you know struggling, I got nothing against public employees, but it's like fair is fair. You know, I mean, we've got to be looking at this. We have to ask the hard questions and they're making it so that we can't and we're afraid. And so what we do is we throw out um, stuff that we heard. We throw out um, this typical line. I had some guy write me on my page personally, of course, he didn't do it publicly and said, Rick Dancer, what does it feel like to have killed someone? That's what he said to me. Fuck you. I didn't kill anyone. That is, that's where we're at. What did it feel like, Rick Dancer, to kill somebody? And you say that to me? You can't do that. That's what we're, that's what the messaging has got us thinking. So how do we get back together? How do we support local business? How do we make sure that, you know, when, when, when a, when across the street, Northwest Burgers over there, they can't open. But we've got hundreds and hundreds of people in Costco. And I love Costco. I'm a Costco shopper. You know, I walk down the aisles of Albertsons. Nobody's doing anything. It doesn't matter. They're walking near each other. It's no big deal. But I can't go sit in the corner uh, bar and have a beer. Um, I mean, we start, you see what I mean? I mean, and we just have to ask questions. And but we can't and we can't be afraid to ask questions. I did an interview the other day with the school, uh, um, a mom, Amanda Parker, one of our new clients, and her son got to go back to schools. They were thinking about having him go to counseling. He's six years old because he was having so many issues with not going to school. And the first day of school, he came home, he sat at the dinner table and he was so excited talking to his dad. And for the first time, their boy was back. This isn't about, this is more than our reaction to COVID. It's more than, it's, it's, it is saving lives, but I think lives are bigger than what we've made them out to be. And that's my opinion. So I know I'll get you know some nasty letters and I'm just as happy to hear from you if you have a different opinion too, and that's fine, I'd even put you on a show. But one of the things Dr. Bratlin does is he's, he's, he speaks his mind and he's really open about that. And, um, and he wants to provide content for that. So the, the other thing he does, what I love about um, Dr. Bratlin is he's very, we, he always comes up with commercials. I came up with a new commercial for him today and he, he just pushes the envelope, <laughs> which I find, I find so refreshing in this atmosphere today of cancel culture um, where, you know, people discount me because um, of what? My hair color, my skin color, because I was a news anchor, because at one time I was a Republican, because I hate all the parties. I don't belong to any party, so then they hate me for that because they think I'm a fence sitter. I'm a, I'm a, 
I'm a, um, a rhino. I've been called everything by the kind people <laughs> and the tolerant. <laughs> we just have to stop doing that. And I see just as many right-wing people doing it too. This isn't like a left-wing thing. I see everybody just picking and nitpicking and jumping on each other. And it's like, we're never going to have a conversation if we don't start having a conversation and to have to look at relationship. So one of the things that um, when I go to Dr. Bratlin, he says to me, I've had a crown before. <laughs> it happens when you get old. Okay. Those fillings that remember all those fillings. Now my kids never had any fillings, but I grew up in the, in the, you know, 60s and 70s when we didn't have fluoride and didn't, and don't start on the fluoride either. I don't want a controversy on fluoride. Okay. God, I'll stop. I'll get a whole thread about the dangers of fluoride. But anyway, so I have all these. And so my teeth are starting to crack and I'm getting crowned. So I went to, um, before I was at Dr. Bratlin, I went to this dentist. Um, it was a chain and they get their crowns from China or somewhere overseas. And they, you know, you're, you're waiting two weeks for them. And, and it's horrible because they grind your teeth down and then back to a little point and then they put a little cap on it. And then you feel that thing for two weeks because it's not the real thing. It's a fake. And it's, it's just not, it's irritating. So what Bratlin does is he will take care of you that day and he goes to a local company because he loves local. And yes, it does cost a little more for him to go to a local company, but he's getting crowns and his are made right here in Eugene and Springfield. I didn't, I didn't know. And these not, not tiaras, not, not that kind of crown. This is the kind of crown in your teeth, but they're made right here. And so what Bratlin loves to do is in his shows is sponsor local businesses. So that gets us Phil. Um, and this is Phil Smith. Hey, Phil. Hey, Rick. Good Sorry evening. to bring you on such a controversial yeah. show, but Hey, you know what, man? You're, I saw you smiling. You You're okay. You'll live. You got so, some great um, topics there. So what, so how did you get into making crowns? Well, gosh, my story is a very unusual story. I was first exposed to it as a kid. I was a teenager. I must have been like 15, 16 years old when I first walked into a dental lab. And I've always been crafty with my hands and whatever. And, but so what? What are you, you going to do with that, right? right? Until I walked into a dental lab and the, my impression was just profound. I, I now, not only was curious... Now, how do, you, how do you mean impression? My, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> when they stick that thing in your mind, I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a punster, you know? <laughs> okay. So you, you go into this dental lab and you go, wait a minute, there's an arc in here. I'm like an artist. It, it really was like, uh, my eyes got bigger and I went, wow. Okay. So I was a kid and I began to pursue whatever I needed to do to learn this, uh, trade and that included joining the Navy because I knew the Navy could train me and uh, I was in boot camp at 17. I mean, I, yeah. I, it's just amazing I look back on it. I'm going a very oh, different time. My parents let me join at an early age and there I was. And so they did train me and I've been learning and growing ever since. So how important is it that like Bratlin is buying local product crowns from you when he could get them cheaper in, in China? Um, but, he, but he's dealing with, he's doing it here. Why, kind of tie that together for people Correct. in the audience. Correct. Well, the truth is this, that there are all kinds of dentists out there that do all kinds of things. And some people might send their work. They'll just drop it in the mail and send it down to L.A. They'll send it wherever, right? 
big corporate stuff. There's some really big corporate labs, large labs, and there's small labs. And small labs are referred to as boutique labs, a lab like myself. And so a lot of doctors do a lot of things. And some favor not just local business, but the service that local business can provide. Often cases have, I don't know, they're just little things that happen where you need follow-up, you need to correct something like a shade or a contact. And if you have a local lab, you have someone who's there to help you deal with it right away. And that kind of a service is a local lab, kind of like mine. And, um, and so we build a relationship. The doctor can understand what I can do. And so he can kind of challenge me in ways. And then I can just provide that service. It's basically a, a much closer teamwork. And to that extent, Dr. Bratland is phenomenal. So during this whole crisis and everything like that, obviously people still need crowns, but maybe they were less likely to go in and go, man, I'm going to wait a while like that. Has this impacted you guys very much? Yeah, yeah. COVID's, COVID's hit. Uh, it was last spring when Governor Brown basically shut offices down uh, for like two months. And that's a big chunk of time to just close the door. And, um, and so we've eased our way back. And I think dental offices do an incredible job of um, just being careful for COVID, the masks, sanitizing, cleaning. I was recently at a dental hygienist and they're explaining what they do before and after every patient just to be careful. So I think the dental service is up and running and I think COVID is a reality that they're dealing with really well. I think that's one of the frustrating things for a lot of business people is, um, especially restaurants, you know, they've put in the tents, they put in the heaters, yes. spent thousands and thousands yes. of dollars, and then they can hardly even use them. And, yeah. you know, with like the dentist, like Bratlin, now he's he's busy now, but he has these machines that suck the aerosol. So he protects his employee and the staff. They, you know, they fog every room after this. So people are, for yeah. people to say people aren't taking it seriously, that irritates the hell out of me. Right. Because I don't see many people not walking around with a mask. Now you will have the net mask police who will say, well, it's not the right mask or it's not over here, it's not here. People are making the attempt if you have a mask on your face, you're trying to do something. And I think businesses and people are making this attempt and we need to recognize that, that it is costing them thousands and thousands of dollars um, to stay open. And um, it's probably gonna be that, you know, those changes will stay with us for quite a while. Hopefully not the mask, but I mean all the other stuff that goes with it. Yeah, yeah. But you know, Rick, I. Totally agree. Uh, I, I drive around Eugene and honestly, it breaks my heart to see all these restaurants that were such a part of our community. I mean, I, you know, these are local businesses that crowds would come to. I remember times going to Beerstein on a Wednesday night or something, you know, and it's crowded and people are, it's noisy and people are just love being together and other businesses like that too. And you, and it, the parking lot's like half empty or empty and, and, and it's just, I don't know how you can keep going like this. And you've got live theater and the Holt Center and the shed. And I mean, there are, there, are a, there are a lot of people that just need to get life back to the way it was. And even life back to the way it was involves risk. Life involves risk. I think of that every time I get in my car. There's no guarantee I'm coming home, but I'm right. willing to take the risk. and. I That's, may thrive as safe as can be, but what about the other person? There's no guarantee. We take risk every day, and it'll be that way when we open up after COVID, 
and we are able to get out and about. And for those maybe who are high risk or more sensitive, they may want to stay home, quarantine for a while longer, and others that are healthy and younger and whatever and not in a high risk group, they're able to get out and, and get life back going again. Yeah. I've been in local stores like uh, my wife and I were at the mall because she was looking for something uh, last weekend. And um, you, it looked like they were closing. I mean, there was such little amount of stuff in there. You, you really, it, it was like both of us looked at each other and we got really sad and we went, yeah. I, I wonder if they're going to still be here. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people who are at that point. And that's why a lot of people are very frustrated. It's like, am I going to be in business? And it kind of bothers me when people go, well, that's, that's important. But what's important right now is that we get this over and we get this. I, like you said, where did we, where did we come up with this idea that life isn't risk? Right. Right. You know, I had cancer, you know, you want to talk about somebody tells you you have cancer. Now your whole life is in a different place right then. Right. So it's like somebody said, how come you're not afraid? And I said, because I've had cancer and I've already faced that whole death thing. And I know that I'm going to die someday. Yeah. I don't want to die tomorrow. Yeah. But if I do, what, what do I, you know, what am I going to do? Go, uh, hello, um, God, you made a mistake. I mean, it, you know, th these things happen and I'm going to avoid that and take all the precautions I can. But it's like we can't keep living like this right. um, and without people starting to, to it's going to just destroy everything. Um, and, and I know there's people that are going to completely disagree with us, but I wish we could just be OK with that. Right. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm I understand that. And I'm, I'm I, I wear my mask when I'm in public places at the gym. You know, the places are asking me to do it. I don't necessarily think it's working, but you know what? If it makes people more comfortable and they feel that it's working, I'm doing my part to do that. But I'm not going to pretend like I'm just that like, everything's okay. And if people expect that, that's just not where it's going to come for me because I, I think we have to speak out as long as we're doing it in kindness, you know? Well, let me let me bring something up that's interesting, especially during this COVID time. So my business is called Oregon Dental Design, and I'm a, I'm a digital CEREC in lab and that means that we do digital dentistry you can go in to see your dentist like dr Brat bratlin and uh he'll take a digital impression rather than the, a regular one he can take a digital impression and that impression is a file that he can send to me it's like attaching it to an email i in return have a cad system that allows me to um create a crown on oh now when that happens it is when that happens that i i there's like you're in you're in uh your software and so um the, in terms of transmitting something with covid and all that kind of stuff it's uh this is a much safer way to do dentistry i'm i'm able to take that file create the crown or bridge work with implant dentistry whatever i'm able to complete that and then just drop it off in their office it's not only a really uh, much more efficient way of doing it, but especially during this COVID time, it's, I think, a lot safer. Yeah, I, I was just, you were talking and I looked over and looked at myself and I was like, <laughs> my mouth was literally <laughs> dropped open. And Stacy's like, so cool, because I agree. If, for those of you who haven't had a crown, 
not the worst part, but one of the bad parts about it is when the when they put the mold in there and they're shoving it in to get the mold stuff. of that tooth. It's I mean it's because it's like excuse me, but I have a small mouth even though it's a big mouth, I have a small mouth, and you've got three hands in my mouth right now. I hope and, you're not a gagger. <laughs> oh, I I I have I get lockjaw. So to know that you can just do that, that I mean, Phil, that's a really really cool thing. So that's yeah, a, yeah. and and I think we're learning. Um, different ways around this. Somebody did ask, and I don't know, I know Dr. Bratlin sponsors this show, but I'm just going to ask for, I think it was Stacy. Do you do this for Aspen Dental or are they, are they like one of the big No, guys? no, no. Um, so there are major corporate dental stuff like Aspen. Aspen is nationwide mm -hmm. and they have big contracts for patients. It's a major corporate thing. Right. And so it's very different from a single practice like Dr. Bratlin having his own practice. And uh, increasingly so, a lot of, especially dental students, they come out of dental school with tons of debt, whatever. It's a lot easier to just go work for a corporate uh, entity and you get a salary and they run the office, they cover the overhead, they do all, you just go to work. It's a lot easier to do that than buying your own practice. And then you've got a you've got staff and overhead and um, but um, I think that's uh, for those uh, that are able to have an individual practice. I think the service they give is much more uh, patient friendly. You know, there's just a lot more sort of care. You're not like cattle. You're not they're not right. running all these people through. Oh, I, I wasn't at Aspen, but I was at another major chain like that for like three or four years and my wife's crown was screwed up um and had to get it fixed by dr bratlin um i never felt like i was i, I seriously was a number and one yeah, time one day they had they canceled my my hygiene appointment like i forgot like six months later i'm going i looked at my wife i said i don't think i've been to the dentist in a long time she looked and she, and they never even rescheduled like i'm that important <laughs> that they never even rescheduled so yeah. i do think and it's you know it is it is important, I think, to, to, to deal with. And obviously, he's a client, so that's where I go. But actually, Michael's like my friend now. Um, <laughs> we have a, a lot of fun together. But he, um, yeah, and I, I'm glad that we got to show you. And it, that was kind of fun. I've never mixed the two like that. You became a commercial in and amongst all this ranting that I got to do. And uh, and, and Bradley, Bradley's a sponsor. Hey, Phil, thank you for joining us. And You're again, you guys, so if can people, when they go at Oregon Dental Design, can people go to their dentist? Usually a dentist would pick, already works with a certain person, right? Or Clint. Or um, uh, patients can, and I usually get this from my friends. They go to their dentist. They know me, right? So they go, hey, well, you send the work to Phil. And some doctors are okay with that, some not. But you can go to OregonDentalDesign.com. That's my website. You can learn more about who I am, what I am, what I do, all that kind of stuff. And um, if if you are with the dentist, you can bring it up and just, uh, you know, the kind of service that I offer is specialized service. My training allows me to provide, you know, just quality work and quality service to local guys. So anybody can bring that up to a doctor, even though a doctor typically has, frankly, several labs that they that they work with. Right. And we all we all work together as a team to provide a patient with really good care. And uh, Dr. Bratlin does an exceptional job. So, so that's how they can help your small businesses. You, you're just getting a, a sales force. <laughs> good. They go to the dentist and they go, oh, I want to go to Phil. You know, you know, that guy that was on Rick Dancer's show, that Chris Dental show, you know, yeah. sometimes <laughs> right. that works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's all, it's all good. Hey, and next, um, 
Thursday, a week from today, we're going to have the other half of this team because when I was talking to Phil, his wife happens to be a counselor. And I talked to Jill and she's going to come on and um, uh, we're going to have a show uh, with a counselor talking about some of the things people can do through these horrible times uh, to get their head out of a funk. And so uh, we're just going to have we're just going to have the family. Yeah. You're our new family show. Jill is uh, amazing. And so she's a mental health counselor and uh, she does a great job. And, you know, sometimes she'll come home and go, wow, there a lot of people are are really struggling. I mean, people are just struggling and good for those that reach out for help and, and, you know, help just get their life back on track kind of kind of thing. But I'm glad you're going to have her, Rick. I'm sure you'll have a really good time talking with her. All right, Phil. Thank you, man. I'll see you you too, Rick. Yeah, you're a pleasure, man. So there you go. So um, I does who take Pacific Source Insurance? I, um, Dr. Bratland, I, I don't know. We, you'd have to call their office and find out. So let me wrap this up for us because we're getting real long here. But um, you guys, so here's the deal. If you don't like what, the, uh, what, what people that disagree with you are saying, you also have to remember that you too have to treat them with respect and tolerance and dignity even when you're not treated the same way, because this isn't a one way road. Um, You know, you think you're so right. Well, they think they're so right. And so somewhere in the middle, we have to stop listening to the voices that are telling us that we're bad. Because just because you think differently does not mean you're bad. And just because you have a different opinion on something does not mean you're bad. And, you know, if, if the, the very definition of kindness, you can't say that we need more kindness and then be an asshole. You know, I mean, it doesn't work that way. And I think if we threw um, maybe you threw a little bit more of that in. Um, I don't know what the discussion is here. I'm looking down what the hell you aren't essential. I, th- I think everybody's essential. I think that was another mistake that the governor made. Um, We are all essential workers, everybody. And um, when one group of essential workers is paid and another group of essential workers is not paid, then you make, you have very different impacts on what's going on. And one of the questions I like to ask people is, if you're so down on Trudy and you're so down on people who are just trying to run their business, I would, I would ask, are you being paid? Do you have a check coming in? Because then you need to check yourself and say, wait a minute, what would it be like if I didn't have that? How would I respond to this? How would I think? How would this be impacting my life? What would my mental health feel like? Because it's really easy to sit in a chair with a computer in front of you and your money's coming in or you have retired or whatever your situation is and to say, yes, we need to support them, but they should not be open because you're getting a check. And um, that's my point. So we had a really great conversation with two black men and Rick Dancer, two black men and a white guy. And we talked openly about race and we're going to do it again. Can we just do that with this? I mean, with the reaction to COVID, can we start talking about this? Um, 
Uh, somebody said, do you, have you done a talk on PPP? No, I, I, we got one. We're, we're applying for our second one and it is pure and utter hell. So all these people that have come on my site and said, well, you can get a PPP. I don't know if I got a PPP. And the decision and the, 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 the process to go through that is excruciating. If I didn't have a wife who's super smart, way smarter than me, who's doing all of that, we would never get it. I couldn't do it. I, it's a full-time job. My wife, every single freaking day I go home, she's working on that PPP back and forth with the bank. So for those of you who don't have to depend on a PPP and you think, well, there's money coming in and the little $1,200 that I got from this, from the government or whatever it was, what, what, what the hell's that? My house payment for a month? <laughs> <You know? laughs> what about, I'm okay. I've got clients, but I've lost quite a few, but we're gaining some. But for my friend Garrett and Felicia at Northwest Burger, they're investing thousands of dollars to just try to do what the governor is asking. And then they keep getting cut and cut and cut. And they don't complain. They just keep doing it. They find, they innovate and find new ways. Essential workers are essential to our, our, our community because these are the people who come up with ideas when, when everything is against them. The small business person, when everything's going against them and people are screaming at them, they still have the guts to find an innovation to make it work. And maybe some of you don't like the innovation or what they've decided to do, but they're not bad people. They're desperate people. And when you're desperate, you do what you have to do. So if you don't like it, maybe you haven't been in that position before, but they are. So, all right. Thank you for joining us again. This is sponsored by Dr. Michael Bratlin with Chris Dental. Um, and uh, he loves to support conversation. So what's coming up tomorrow? Well, um, I got a phone call from um, a daughter in Cottage Grove and her mom and dad have a restaurant called The Coffee Cup. And they're in late 60s and they don't know much about social media <clears throat> and their business is just dying. And that's all they have. So she asked me if we'd come down and do it. So I contacted Coburg Road Car Wash and Jim and Renee will let me do anything for them. So we're going to go down tomorrow night and introduce you to the owners of the coffee cup. And um, hopefully we can all show them a little love. And, you know, remember the people who who did open up all the Northwest burgers and all the people down in cottage Grove, the restaurants that are open and are struggling too. Yeah, you show them some love as well um, because they're all working hard together. You guys, we can do this. We can do this. I promise you we can do this. We just have to stop listening to the bullshit. And I mean, I don't mean um, what you're going to say that I mean, what I mean is the noise that's driving us apart. That's the bullshit I'm talking about. We can believe what we believe, but we can still have a section in the middle where we can come together and come up with some solutions, but we can't keep doing what we're doing. It isn't working. It isn't working. In my opinion. Good night. <laughs>